0: the network of the 1992 Olympic Winter Games. Next, from CBS Sports, in our 36th year of coverage, the National Football League. All right, everybody, we decided, me and Mike, to do this special episode of It Was a Thing on TV Presents right here on the Podbead feed to talk about a wild week one in the NFL. And Mike, what an incredible week it was.
1: Seriously, where could we start?
0: Well, we talked about Kansas City and Detroit in our latest episode on Monday, so we'll just skip
1: that. And that was a wild start for the season. That was great.
0: Yeah. So, first we'll go with uh, Baltimore and Houston. Baltimore getting a 25 to 9 win over the Houston Texans in the debut of CJ Stroud for the Texans. He went 28 for 44 with 242 yards.
1: Yeah, but his line's got to protect him because he was sacked five times.
0: Oh, offensive line is going to be like a theme on this podcast because we'll talk about it near the end.
1: <laughs> Don't give it away. I think it did, though. Oh, you have
0: no idea how much I was maniacally laughing when we get to the end.
1: <laughs> I did want to add we had one heck of a rookie debut From Baltimore receiver, Zay Flowers. Nine catches for 78 yards. Wow. And he was actually somebody I wanted to pick up in fantasy ball, but somebody got a hold of him before I could.
0: Oh, damn it. Was it in my league, was it? No. Oh, good.
1: And I think he's got to be near the top uh, in terms of receptions. Uh, Taking a look at the stats really fast, uh, Tyreek Hill had 11 catches, 11 catches for 215 yards. Good heavens did he get the ball on Sunday. And then Stephon Diggs had 10 catches last night. Puka Nakua, never heard of him, 10 catches. And then uh, you had three receivers with nine, Jacoby Myers of the Raiders, Justin Jefferson of the Vikings, and there is Zay Flowers. So, pretty good debut from the kid.
0: Oh, yes. And Baltimore's 1 0. I mean, Lamar Jackson did not really have a good uh, stat day 17 for 2,269 yards and an interception.
1: Well, and to make it even worse, he lost his uh, starting running back. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins out again for the season. This is at least the second time he's out for uh, the season, if not the third. And his, I think he's had a four-year career at this point. Not good.
0: No, NG, no good. But the Ravens get a win, and then we'll go on to the other debut of one of the top picks in this spring's NFL draft, Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers going into Atlanta to play the Falcons and the Falcons getting a 24-10 victory over the Panthers.
1: Bryce Young, uh, he had a so-so game. 20 of 38, 146 yards, a touchdown but two interceptions, and I know Chico, our good friend, wasn't terribly happy with the performance.
0: But it's early.
1: It's early, and there's so many new players on the Panthers. Plus, on top of that, there's a new coach, albeit again. Chico's not a fan of Frank Reich.
0: No, but you know what? He's better than Matt Rule. I mean, anybody's better than Matt Rule. Is Robert Sala better than Matt Rule? You know what? After last night, I'm going to say yes.
1: Okay. Oh, one game changed your mind. Okay. Well, if you've watched
0: the last two games Nebraska has played. Good heavens. I watched that game against Colorado on Saturday. Oof. Ugly, yes. Uh, Desmond I'm... Ritter was 15 for 1815 yards, a touchdown for Atlanta.
1: But the big player, and this is another person I wanted to draft in the other league, not your league, was Tyler Algier. 15 carries for 75 yards and two touchdowns. Ooh. I really wanted to snag him. I thought I could sneak under the radar, get him late, but somebody picked him maybe about four or five picks ahead of me. And uh, unfortunately I had to settle for, I think, Dalvin cook. Oh, poor baby.
0: Well, Dalvin cook's not bad.
1: No, he's not bad. I I, I think he's a great player. He got cut from Minnesota for money reasons, not because he sucked.
0: Yeah. And he played pretty good last night, but as I said, we'll get to that at the end. All right, but now here we go. This is the moment you've been waiting for, Mike.
1: I got a smile on my face.
0: The Cleveland Browns defeat Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals and Wampum 24-3. to
1: Burrow looks so bad.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah
1: I, I don't think it's because of the money. Honestly, you know, he got paid because he's a good quarterback. The problem is the weather in Cleveland was absolutely horrible. Very rainy, very wet, and you saw that with a number of fumbles, including one by Browns backup running back Jerome Ford in the red zone. His first touch of the season, coughed up the ball. Obviously didn't hurt uh, the Browns too much because they won.
0: Yeah. Um, Nick Chubb 18 carries, 106 yards.
1: He is one of my favorite athletes in Cleveland right now. I mean, I love Donovan Mitchell. I love Jose Ramirez, but you got to love Chubb. He is just amazing. And actually, the person we should really give a lot of praise to, not even a player, Browns defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. Oh, my gosh. It is amazing having a competent defense when you have miles Garrett and you have a number of big names on the defensive side of the ball, Denzel ward. Uh, you've got uh, people that uh, they picked up in the off seasons, Darius Smith. They did so well. It's amazing. Like I said, what a good competent coordinator can do to a team and a competent kicker. Dustin Hopkins went three for three. And Cade York, who was like our fourth round pick last year, he's gone.
0: Well, I will say about Jim Schwartz, he was not a good head coach in Detroit, but you know what? He's always been a good coordinator.
1: He's always been a great coordinator, and I'm glad he's on our side finally.
0: Okay, we go to Pittsburgh, where the legend of Brock Purdy continues in his first game back after his injury in the NFC title game, thirty to seven over the Pittsburgh Steelers. goes nineteen for twenty nine, two twenty two TDs.
1: He's an amazing story, Mister Irrelevant. Last year, and he put up amazing numbers when he was called to play quarterback last year, and he just continues it.
0: I'm so happy that I uh, bought. That uh, rookie of Brock Prody from Leaf Pro set last year online. Sitting on a gold mine with that card, baby.
1: I don't have any Brock Purdy rookie cards, sadly.
0: Well, if you get the Leaf draft, there's like a 10-card set, and Prody's like the first card in that set.
1: I'm not much of a Leaf fan when it comes to the uh, football. S- some of the stuff they do is great, but I'm not a big fan of the football.
0: Oh, Christian McCaffrey, 22 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown.
1: Looking like his old self. And we also need to give props to Brandon Ayuk. Eight catches, 129 yards, two TDs. And I don't want to repeat a theme, but he was another person that was on my radar uh, in draft time, and somebody snagged him. Such is life.
0: Yeah. But, Mike, let's get into what you want to say. Now roast Kenny Pickett for us, please.
1: Kenny Pickett, I think, is like the most overrated quarterback in a very long time. He's a Pittsburgh guy. He went to the University of Pittsburgh. He was drafted first round. He's going to be Ben Roethlisberger's replacement. And he is absolutely atrocious. And it doesn't help that at least last year, his offensive line was non-existent. He went 31 for 46 for 232 yards, a touchdown, but also two interceptions. But he is just such a bum. I'm sorry. I can't wait for the Browns to play him this week because that defense, assuming Cleveland's defense is the same as it was On Sunday, they're going to be beating up Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. One new addition,
0: I believe, on the Steelers, Allen Robinson, five receptions, 64 yards. I didn't even realize he was on the Steelers now.
1: Hey, let's remember, we talked about this on episode 409. Allen Robinson, at least at some point, was a number one receiver because he had over 1,000 yards catching, and they said he's not a number one receiver. In Pittsburgh, is he a number one? I don't know. I mean, I know they like George Pickens there. Deontay Johnson has had his ups and downs, but Allen Robinson did bring it. He had five catches for 64 yards.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see how the uh, Steelers do going forward, but uh, let's go over to FedEx Field where the Washington Commanders, under their new ownership, Defeated the Arizona Cardinals 20 to 16.
1: Not only do they have new ownership, they have a new starting quarterback. Sam Howell went 19 for 31, 202 yards, a touchdown and an interception. So I would say that's a pretty decent debut. The big player, in my opinion, on the Redskins was Brian Robinson Jr., Oh, actually, somebody that I like that I drafted. I did get him uh, in, in the draft. And Brian Robinson Jr. was the big man in this game. He had 19 carries for 59 yards, but also he had one reception for seven yards, but that was for a touchdown, and he's on my fantasy team. One of the people that I wanted, I actually got. I'm actually very happy with my one fantasy team. They won this week, but it's a long season.
0: And a Josh Dobbs for Arizona, 21 for 30, 132.
1: Looking at the numbers for Arizona, offensively, it's all meh. But if you take a look at the defensive side, I think their defense in ESPN leagues was actually second this week because there was a touchdown. It looks like it was a fumble return for a touchdown wasn't an interception, so that was worth 22 points, and they also had six sacks. Ooh, Maybe Washington needs to take a look at that offensive line.
0: Well, they have a new coach in Arizona. I think it's uh, Gannon, right?
1: I think they have. Yeah, they got a new coach. I think they did uh, a total overhaul after last season.
0: Yeah, they got, I think, the Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, I believe, so. But I don't think Arizona is looking like they're going to have a good season this year.
1: Well, Arizona, they don't have a quarterback because you need to remember Josh Dobbs. He was like the second stringer in Cleveland and just out of desperation, but also because uh, we had a late round pick uh, at quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who had a good preseason. We got rid of Dobbs and Arizona. They then got rid of, Colt McCoy, who had been playing for what, 13 years, 12 years. So they got rid of a veteran quarterback, Dobbs himself as a veteran, but he's never really started. And they just don't have a heck of a lot going on in Arizona and Kyler Murray, who knows if, or when he's going to return this season. I mean, he's on an IR, so he can't come back till week five, at least.
0: Well, who's to say he won't be playing for the uh, Cardinals by week 5, huh?
1: Well, I'm just saying he said number of injuries and they're yeah. paying him too much and they're paying him too much money to sit on the bench, so they want to get him as healthy as quickly as possible.
0: But I will say, if you're a Washington fan, you got to be happy with the new ownership. I saw that Magic Johnson was at the game. He's part of the new ownership. He was having a good time over in the skybox, And I think the uh, new owner was like shaking hands with everybody. Cause I think that was like a whole thing. Cause when they had the, um, when the commanders were on Monday night football for the preseason game, like there was like a whole big thing about how Joe Buck offered to shake the commander's owner's hand. And like, he didn't shake his hand for some reason.
1: Because he's Joe Buck. Just my opinion. Ugh. I'm still bitter uh, about Joe Buck's comments in the 2016 World Series. Yes, I hold seven-year grudges.
0: Get over it. Jeez, it's been seven years. But, oh, oh no, I'm going to make you even more mad. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Minnesota Vikings 20-17. to in the debut of baker mayfield as the buccaneers quarterback
1: hey as long as he doesn't play against the browns i don't mind if he succeeds okay
0: but let's remember baker mayfield winner of the prestigious award in football the nickelodeon nvp
1: Along with other luminaries, including Dak Prescott and Mitch Trubisky. As I try to hold back my laughter. But he actually had a fairly decent game 21 of 34, 173 yards, two TDs, no interceptions. Yeah.
0: And uh, Mike Evans in this first game back for the Buccaneers after his uh, ongoing contract dispute. Six catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown.
1: Yeah, since he's not going to be back with the Bucs next year, he's just playing out the string. He's a lame duck player for the Buccaneers at this point.
0: But got to be disappointing for Minnesota. Kirk Cousins, 33 for 44, 344 yards, two TDs, one interception, a rating of 102.8. And Justin Jefferson, nine catches, 150 yards, and they could only muster 17 points with all that.
1: That's a shame because they were one of the more potent offenses last year. And what did they start last year? Weren't they like 11-0 and 0 or 10-1 and 1 to start the season?
0: Something like that.
1: And they get off to a bad start at home of all places. This was in Minnesota. They'll turn it around. I've got confidence in them. Kirk Cousins, he always puts up good numbers. I got faith in them. And the
0: Jacksonville Jaguars defeating the Indianapolis Colts thirty-one to twenty-one. Trevor Lawrence twenty-four for thirty-two, two forty-one, two TDs and an interception. Look, I know there's a lot of hype about Trevor Lawrence after last year, but it's like, <sighs> who did he really beat last year, other than? some bad teams, and a crappy-ass division in the AFC South. Uh,
1: The Chargers in the wildcard round?
0: Well, let's remember, though, he threw four interceptions in the first half. He still got the win, though. i I I give you credit there. I I understand that, but if Trevor Lawrence is as good as his hyped, they never would have been in that position to begin with.
1: True But also they have a new batch of receivers this year. It looks like, and specifically I'm talking about Calvin Ridley. He missed all of last year because he gambled, which sounds kind of weird because gambling is legal seemingly everywhere or almost everywhere nowadays. And he produced eight catches, 101 yards and a touchdown. And that was like, I think the first touchdown of the season, uh, at least on Sundays, was by Calvin Ridley. I was watching the uh, the the tracker uh, while watching the Browns game, and he had a touchdown catch very early on. But also, we need to give some props to Travis Etienne. 18 carries, 77 yards, also a touchdown. He's
0: a very good player, Travis.
1: He was great when he was at Clemson. So, yeah, I think Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think they'll make a run. They're legit, at least in the AFC South. I know that's not great competition down there with the Texans and the Colts and the Titans, but still, yeah, they might be able to surprise like they did in the uh, wildcard round or or in the playoffs like they did for one game, as long as Trevor Lawrence doesn't throw four uh, interceptions. But I do want to talk about on the other side of the ball, because there is a rookie who had a pretty darn good game. We talked about bryce young he was the first overall pick first quarterback taken had a meh game let's say that didn't have a great game cj stroud was the second overall pick and he also had a meh game but anthony richardson the fourth overall pick 24 for 37 223 yards a touchdown and an interception but also 10 carries for 40 yards and another touchdown. Not a bad game for the rookie. And since we were talking about cards earlier, uh, just earlier today, I went to the card shop and they have a new release, which just came out today called um, plates and patches. And I, I bought a little bit of it because this is one of my favorite series. And in the last uh, pack that I bought got a Anthony Richardson on-card autograph, but even better, the number, I don't know if you can see it, five out of 50. Wow. this his jersey number.
0: That is nice.
1: And, again, he had a great game. So I was not really sold on him before this past week. But trust me, after uh, what I saw Sunday getting this, I'm like, I'm all aboard. I- I'm holding on to this for now.
0: Now, I should note, Mike, two weeks ago, I watched the Colts preseason game on Prime against the Eagles. I watched Anthony Richardson play, and I said to you, this kid's going to be the best rookie out of this class.
1: You I- did say that. Absolutely, you did.
0: I watched him play. And I'm like, oh, my God, this kid is playing like he's been in the league for like for five
1: years. And I'll admit, at draft time, I thought he was drafted way too high. Maybe Indianapolis knew what they were doing, uh, but also we got to give props to Michael Pittman Jr. Eight catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown.
0: I got to say, anything this year is an improvement over last year with Frank Reich and Jeff Saturday.
1: Well, we talked about that. We we talked about Frank Reich and Jeff Saturday coaching, and we talked about Matt Ryan at quarterback, which was ugly to say the least so yeah they've got one way to go and that way is up and even though they lost they showed a lot of potential not just for later this year but for the future
0: and I should give props to the Colts new head coach Shane Steichen, who was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles so even though they didn't get the win I think there's a lot of things to be proud of and going forward i mean i don't think the Colts are going to go anywhere this year but i think as long as richardson has a solid rookie year i think you'll take it if you go like get like i'd say six seven wins this year
1: they may be one of those teams sort of like the jaguars two years ago where let them develop give them a year or two And then maybe in 2025 or 2024, maybe then you might have an 11-win team. Who knows with uh, the Jaguars? I mean, they could be at the top for some time, but I'm sort of buying the Colts at this point. Again, not for this season, but maybe for next season or the season after.
0: So now we go into the Caesars Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana, Where the New Orleans Saints beat the Tennessee Titans by a final score of 16 to 15.
1: Well, Derek Carr looked really good in his Saints debut 23 of 33 for 305 yards, a TD, and an interception. The big receiver, Chris Olave. 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 Eight receptions, 112 yards. And I think you know how I felt about Olave and Garrett Wilson last year. I thought both were amazing wide receivers and Chris Olave just continued bringing it. And we'll talk about Wilson in a little bit, but uh, t- to say the least, some good wide receivers uh, coming out of last year's draft.
0: Yes. Brian um, Tannehill though. 16 for 34. <laughs> I was just
1: going to say, all you need to say is is that sucks. Ryan Tannehill. That, you, you don't even have to say the numbers, but this is ugly.
0: Yeah, three interceptions. He had, like, such a good year. Like, what was it? Like, two, three years ago for the Titans?
1: It was, was it even closer to, like, five years ago or four years ago when he replaced Mariota? He had that one really good year. You're right about that. And then he sort of petered off. And uh, they did draft a couple of quarterbacks the last two years. They did draft uh, Malik Willis, who oh. was okay. Yeah. I mean, you answered it right there with the laughter absolute junk last year. And then this year, in the second round, they drafted Will Levis. And I can't even tell you which one's the backup and which one's the third stringer. I'm guessing Levis, because again, Malik Willis. Looked like a fish out of water last year. He was horrible.
0: That would be a great sitcom. Malik Willis and Will Levis star in Who's the Backup?
1: Is that like who's the boss? Well, we know that Mona's the boss. Who's the backup? I don't know. Uh, I do want to give props to Nick Folk, though, the kicker for the Titans. He was all the offense, all the scoring for Tennessee. Five for five on field goals, including a 50-yarder. So good on Nick Folk. Shame on the rest of the team, sadly. Yeah. And I think there was
0: like a controversial, like, play, like, near the end of the game. Like, it was, let me just look here. It was, like, near the end of the game. Like, I think it was, like, fourth and, like, something. It wasn't very, okay, here we go. It was fourth and six on the New Orleans 11, down by four with about 220 to go and Mike Vrabel decided to kick a field goal with Fulk instead of going for it.
1: I'm going to assume uh, he thought their defense could hold up, and once they got the ball back, they could somehow get it into field goal range. That makes a little bit of sense, but also, again, at the same time, Tannehill did not have a good game. Yeah. Maybe you should have just gone for it. You've got Derrick Henry. Give him the ball. He's still good. Yeah.
0: All right. So that was the one o'clock games. Now I got to be honest, Mike. I was at work, so I couldn't watch any of the one o'clock games. I did see the tail end of the one o'clock games on my break because I got NFL plus on my uh, iPhone. And one of the perks of that is you get NFL red zone on it. So I did get to see the tail end of the one o'clock games on my break. So I saw the end of that game of the Titans Saints. I saw Jamal Williams. He made a uh, run to clinch the game. It was his first game for the uh, Saints after being with Detroit the last couple of years.
1: And remember, he was the touchdown leader in terms of rushing last year. And he goes to a very potent Saints offense.
0: Yes. So now let's go into the four o'clock slate of games from Sunday. And we start with the Las Vegas Raiders in the debut of Jimmy Garoppolo in a Raider uniform, defeating the Denver Broncos, 17 to 16, spoiling the debut of Sean Payton as the Broncos head coach.
1: The only player who really put up decent numbers was Jacoby Myers in his debut with the Raiders. Nine catches, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Garoppolo had an okay game. 20 for 26, 200 yards, two touchdowns and interception. And even Russell Wilson, I told you, don't sleep on Russell Wilson. Last year, I said uh, it was more Nathaniel Hackett's fault than anything else. And Russell Wilson had a good game. 27 to 34, two touchdowns, 177 yards, no interceptions. I am a believer that Russ did not just like implode last year. It was Nathaniel Hackett's fault.
0: And now that he has a competent coach in Sean Payton.
1: Here's hoping he can turn it around. Maybe he won't do what he did with uh, Pete Carroll over in Seattle, but now in his 12th year in the league, maybe he can show that his 12th season is going to be something better than his 11th season because his 11th season couldn't really have been much worse.
0: No, oh, no, but I will say I drafted Jacoby Myers in my league and I was considering starting him. And I didn't. And that was the difference in me losing last week. And you know who I lost to? Who's that? I lost to my brother. Oh, no. Because I didn't play Jacoby Myers.
1: He'll never let you uh, hear the end of it. No, Oh, that's bad.
0: But I will say, the Raiders, you know, they were pretty good last year.
1: And they lost a lot of players in the offseason. They lost Darren Waller. They almost lost uh, Josh Jacobs, but he came to an agreement on a contract. And obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo's there out are not just Derek Carr, but also his replacement in the last couple games of the season, Jarrett Stidham.
0: So it seems like McDaniel's bringing in his guys now in Vegas.
1: That's what it sounds like. Well, especially because Jacoby Myers was formerly a Patriot. And, of course, for many, many years, McDaniels was a Patriots coach.
0: Yeah, and Garoppolo, of course, was there in New England before he went to San Francisco. So,
1: Absolutely, you got it.
0: So now we go into L.A., where the Miami Dolphins defeated the L.A. Chargers 36-34. to Tua, a monster game, 28-45, 466 yards, three TDs and interception, a rating of 110.
1: This was the game of the week. This was a thing of beauty to watch. Tua, when he's on, he's on, but the thing is he's as fragile as uh, porcelain. Yeah. Break down at any time, but him and Justin Herbert both had good games. Uh, Herbert went 23 for 33 for 228 yards and a touchdown. The big players in the game, the big rusher was Austin Eckler, 16 carries 117 yards and a touchdown. And on top of that, four catches for 47 yards. So that's 164 yards on the ground from austin eckler but the big man we talked about him earlier tyreek hill 11 catches for 215 yards and two touchdowns that's inconceivable that's amazing can he repeat that week after week especially if tua goes down we'll see uh but also there's other good wide receivers on uh, miami Jalen Waddell, great year last year. So the ball's got to be spread around, I think. So I don't think he's going to get 11 for 215 again next week, but we've seen weirder. All right. All right. Here we go. You know,
0: I'm going to love this, Mike. (laughs) The LA Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks 30 to 13 in Seattle.
1: Matthew Stafford, go ahead. I wonder why you're so happy about this. Oh, we'll get to that in a bit.
0: But Matthew Stafford, 24 for 38, 334 yards, didn't throw a touchdown pass, but he finished with a rating of 91.3.
1: Yeah, the big man for the Rams was Kyron Williams. 15 carries for 52 yards and two touchdowns which is kind of surprising because I don't think he was the starter. The starter was Cam Akers, I believe.
0: Yeah, and I had Cam Akers in fantasy. I didn't get nothing from Cam Akers.
1: He scored you a touchdown. Oh, oh, okay. He had 22 carries for 29 yards, but he got you a touchdown. Yeah. It was just overshadowed by a better performance from presumably his backup or backup last week, maybe not a backup this week. And I mentioned earlier about Puka Nakua. Never heard of him. 10 catches for 119 yards and 2-2 two, two at well. Six catches also for 119 yards for the Rams. And I'm just taking a look real fast. Who is Puka Nakua? A fifth round pick this year out of BYU. What is it with the Rams finding gold at the wide receiver position in late rounds? Just saying. Cooper Cup. Now you got Puka Nakua on his first game with 10 catches and tutu atwell was a second round pick in 2021 and didn't really do much uh before sunday's game so career games from two relatively unknown wide receivers but i think we want to focus on the seattle side because i know greg gets great joy out of this geno smith 16 for 26, 112 yards and a touchdown. Percentage isn't bad, but 112 yards, that tells me a lot of little dumpy passes. The big receiver for them was DK Metcalf and he always shows up. Three catches for 47 yards and a touchdown. And another person that I drafted in my fantasy league, that I think is going to have a good year off to a good start. Kenneth Walker, the third 12 carries 64 yards.
0: Well, let's be honest. We have to talk about Gino Smith. And let me just say, I'm an expert on Geno Smith.
1: You suffered uh, watching him for what? Four years, five years. Well,
0: mostly two years. And then when he got punched in the jaw by his teammate, had to sit as a backup for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So thankfully, I didn't have to watch him play any more football after that. But I will say this as an expert on Geno Smith. He is not going to get you anywhere. And I will say this. He had a good first half last year, but I knew he was going to regress to his normal ass self because that's who Geno Smith is. That is what he's always been. And the Seattle Seahawks, they stupidly gave him a
1: contract. Because he was the comeback player of the year last year. And I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying he was the comeback player of the year last year, and he got paid. Good for him, but not good if you're a Seattle fan.
0: No, and you're not going to get anywhere. Oh, wait, this is the same franchise that traded Two picks to the Jets for
1: a piece of garbage like Jamal Adams. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the Jamal Adams laughter, slash, you know, haha, we fleeced him. And you did not disappoint.
0: Oh, <laughs> you know
1: what Jamal Adams' biggest opponent has been? Boy, where should we start? But I, I want to hear from you or That's what I was gonna say. Injuries is the thing that is killing him constantly,
0: and along with the fact that he never gets an interception ever.
1: He's been in the league what now? Five years? Six no, years? seven years. Seven years. What? A- and he has how many career interceptions?
0: I'm gonna so, go right now. Let me uh, look. Z-
1: z- I think it's zero. I'm not even joking about that uh four interceptions in his career four i'm sorry
0: he had one interception in 2018 one interception in 2019 and two in his second year in seattle so it's a grand total of four interceptions
1: i did not know he's been in the league seven years i thought he had only been in the, the league for maybe five at most wow time flies
0: well, remember, he was taken in 2017 over Patrick Mahomes because Mike McCagnon thought, oh, the only quarterback I need in this draft is Mitchell Trubisky.
1: And- wait, he, wait, 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 wait. He wanted a quarterback even though he had the legendary Christian Hackenberg on his bench? And he said the only quarterback
0: he wanted in that draft was Mitchell Trubisky.
1: Man, I mean, even if they landed uh, Deshaun Watson, at least Deshaun Watson's done something well. Maybe ethically uh, he hasn't done good, but he put up numbers uh, in Texas uh, before all that stuff happened. And then he got traded and he came to the Browns and and end of story. Yeah. And I should say, I'm not a big Deshaun Watson fan No. No, uh, you, you'll see that uh, if you don't know me, I'm a big Nick Chubb fan. So Deshaun Watson is sort of like, he's just getting the ball to people and I really can't support him.
0: Oh, it's like me and you. It's like the uh, Arnold Coral slap slapping hands meme from Predator. Like you not being a fan of Deshaun Watson, me not being a fan of Aaron Rodgers.
1: Oh, we'll get to him in due time. Oh, Well, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're we're three games away from getting to uh, the the Jets game.
0: All right. But uh, this was a great game. It was especially great game because I caught like maybe the last quarter of it on CBS after uh, watching Red Zone because I wanted to see how this game ended. The defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles go on the road and beat New England 25 to 20.
1: I know hearing this is going to hurt you, but Mac Jones outplayed Jalen Hurts. He didn't get the win, but outplayed him. Hurts went 22 for 33 for 170 yards and one touchdown. Mac Jones went 35 for 54 for 316 yards and three touchdowns and one interception.
0: But I did say I watched the fourth quarter. And when I watched the fourth quarter and I saw Mac Jones in pressure time, Against the Eagles defense, he folded like a cheap suit.
1: He looked horrible. Even though I will say in that last drive, he made a really good pass on fourth down. Problem is the receiver didn't get two feet in bounds. He got one, didn't get the second.
0: But, oh, Mike, do you know who they honored at halftime during The New England Philadelphia
1: game. I do. Say it. uh, uh, All right. Tom Brady. And boy, magically, he looks so skinny. Gee. Wonder how that could have happened. How could that have happened, Mike? I have no idea. Maybe he just hasn't been eating in the offseason. I don't know. Well, he does believe in a lot of junk science. Well, he gets it from that junk scientist Alex Guerrero.
0: Yes, he does. But Devontae Smith, seven catches, 47 yards and a TD.
1: And the rushing in Philadelphia, I don't know what they're doing. It seems like they have too many cooks. I almost said too many cooks, too many cooks. It seems like the running backs uh, in philadelphia there's just too many of them uh the big one surprisingly i think was kenneth gainwell 14 carries for 54 yards but didn't they just give a good amount of money to deandre swift for one carry for three yards just doesn't seem right i know they're replacing miles sanders but you know deandre swift i think was like your big acquisition and He's like the second or third running back. Nothing against Kenneth Gainwell. I had him in fantasy last year, and he didn't do bad as a backup, but that just doesn't sound right. Hey, speaking about backups, Ezekiel Elliott, what the heck? Seven carries, 29 yards. A very Ezekiel Elliott-like performance. Maybe he's still suffering the side effects. of playing center in that final down for the Cowboys.
0: Everyone will remember where were you for Ezekiel Elliott's last play as a Cowboy where he got run over.
1: I will give him credit though. He did have five catches, albeit for only 14 yards and the big receiver for New England, Kendrick Bourne six catches, 64 yards two touchdowns. So
0: the Eagles though, will go on to Thursday night football against the Minnesota Vikings. So I will be in South Jersey for that game in Eagles country. So it's going to be a big game. It'll be the Eagles home opener and it'll be the first Thursday night football game on prime this season. So, you know, the atmosphere is going to be electric.
1: And I think it's going to be real high scoring Minnesota. We talked earlier about the offense. And the Eagles, they can fly. We saw what they did last year. Jalen Hurts was an MVP candidate. Devonte Smith, great wide receiver. A.J. Brown, maybe even a better wide receiver. I loved A.J. Brown since he was drafted by the Titans like six years ago.
0: So hopefully Al Michaels will not fall asleep for that game. Let's just hope.
1: Let's hope that uh, prime delivers us a good game for once.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's go to soldier field where in Jordan loves debut as the Packers starter, he goes 15 for 27 for 245 yards and three TDs in the 38 to 20 win over the bears.
1: Aaron who that's a great start. I mean, honestly, I didn't think Jordan love would put up those types of numbers because he's been riding the bench for three years, sitting behind Rodgers, and even I remember the 2020 draft day, the Packers booed the pick, because you know wh- what? do we need a quarterback for? We've got Rodgers here. Well, Rodgers is a bonehead, and now they bring Jordan Love off the bench to start the season, and he did beyond phenomenal. I, I you look at those numbers, and there's no issues with those numbers. No interceptions. The percentage is kind of low, but three touchdowns makes up for it. And the quarterback rating of 123.2, that's got to be one of the higher numbers on the week, if not the highest. Maybe Tua had a higher number. I, I, I could take a look, but Jordan Love is definitely probably one of the top three, four uh, quarterbacks of the week.
0: And remember, we're using the rating. Not that BS stat that ESPN uses.
1: No, not the QBR. No, we don't talk about that. That's that's a crappy stat. Okay, I have it up. He did have the highest QB rating for the week. Second was Desmond Ritter. Third was Brock Purdy. So, needless to say, great start from Jordan Love.
0: But Justin Fields, despite going 24 for 37, 216 yards on a TD, he threw a pick and Bears fans are not happy with him.
1: I mean, there's already been talk about uh, maybe a new quarterback soon because Justin Fields, he just uh, hasn't really delivered. I mean, he's been good running the ball, but as a quarterback throwing the ball, not so hot. I will tell you who's hot, though, for Green Bay. This is a name, he was a rookie last year. And I don't think he got much playing time last year. But in this first game, Romeo Dubes, I think his name is Dubs, D-O-U-B-S. Romeo Daubs, Dubs. I didn't see the game because, unfortunately, the local station here uh, is blocked because uh, they're having a contract issue with uh, at and
0: Oh.
1: It's sort of like the whole Spectrum thing that got resolved at the last moment. Uh, it's Dobbs, not Dubs. Uh, it's like I said, spelled D O U B S, but it's pronounced Dobbs. So Romeo Dobbs, big game for the Packers, especially since green Bay lost a lot of players in the off season. Cause, uh, we'll talk about, uh, uh, the the people who ended up going to the J E T S jets, 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 uh, talking about, uh, Randall Cobb and talking about, uh, Lazard, Alan Lazard, but he came through with this relatively new wide receiver core, four catches, 26 yards only, two big touchdowns. All
0: right, let's get into the two night games at the Meadowlands. So, first, oh man, this was the pure comedy this game. This was, you know what? We talked about the Colts Broncos Thursday night game. Mike, I think we need to make an episode about this next year on the regular podcast.
1: I saw a tweet. I don't remember where I saw it, but it basically showed how inept the giants were in one game. And what the tweet had to do with was the giants lost by at least 40 points. The giants had uh, I'm trying to think the, the Giants gave up seven or more sacks. There were like five different qualifications. Those were two of them. And that all happened in this game for the Giants. Over the course of NFL history, that has not happened to a team over the course of an entire season. And the Giants did it in one game. That's how ugly it was.
0: Now, I was picking up a pizza after work because I stayed to watch the end of the four o'clock games. I went to get a pizza before the Sunday night game. And I was coming home, listening on Westwood one and like they were like hyping the uh, one of these new receivers on the giants. I guess some guy who used to play on the Raiders. And I'm like, like what?
1: That's probably Darren Waller who we talked about earlier.
0: Okay but it's like the giants have gotten so much hype for this season. And yeah, last year they managed to beat expectations in Brian Dable's first season. They went like, what was it? Eight, seven and one, nine, six and one, something like that.
1: They had a very good year. Yes.
0: And they upset the Vikings, but against the Eagles, they folded like a cheap suit. And, They give, like, Daniel Jones this massive contract, and I was thinking to myself, why? I know he had a good year last year, but it's like, you can do so much better than Daniel Jones. You could go and get, like, Garoppolo. You could go get Carr. It's like, why? Why would you want to extend Daniel Jones and pay him so much money? And then I'm watching the game. Graham Gano's going for a field goal. And the kick is blocked and taken for a kick six. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, I have a feeling this game is going to be really bad.
1: And sure enough, it was. Well, I don't have the tweet that I referred to earlier, but I have similar information about how bad this was for the giants now again 40 nothing focusing on the cowboys defense listen to this this is not just defense but special teams this is great playing on that side of the ball we'll talk about the offensive numbers in a bit which are sort of mixed the cowboys defense on sunday night had seven sacks two interceptions one of which was returned for a touchdown. They had the block field goal that Greg mentioned for a touchdown. They forced five fumbles and had zero points allowed. That's like the perfect game. Seriously, defensively, I don't know how it gets any better than that. And I'll tell you what, whoever had the Dallas defense in fantasy ball, well, they probably won this week to say the least. But I just want to see how many points they put up. I mentioned Arizona, their defense put up 22 points last week. I got to see what the Dallas defense did last week because I'm guessing they're at least probably close to 30 points, which is absolutely amazing. All right, let me check the defense real fast.
0: And While you're doing that, I should note,
1: 38 points oh that's amazing 38 points the Jets had 23 points
0: oh we'll get to that impressive defensive performance in a bit but Dak Prescott 13 for 24 143 he didn't have to do much in this game
1: and really he didn't do much in this game I mean no touchdowns no interceptions there were no passing touchdowns in this game that's kind of amazing, given it was a 40 nothing game. Now, obviously, you're not getting a touchdown on the Giants side, but even Dak Prescott didn't get a touchdown. But where he didn't get a touchdown passing, his running backs definitely made up for it. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott replacement, 14 rushes, 70 yards, two touchdowns.
0: Man, what a difference a new running back makes in Dallas.
1: And really, the only thing that was happening for the Giants, I think, was their primary running back, Saquon Barkley, 12 carries, 51 yards. But, yeah, this is one game that Giants fans want to forget and want to forget fast. If
0: I can look ahead to the Giants schedule, next week, they're at Arizona, so eh, they might get a win there. They're at San Francisco for Thursday night football week three against the Niners. They're not going to win that Monday night week four against the uh, Seahawks. Well, they're playing Geno Smith, so maybe they'll get a dub out of that.
1: That might be a toss up. That might be as good as it gets. I mean, even Arizona, I don't know. Arizona looked bad, but (sighs) Seattle, I know how much you dislike Geno Smith, but, uh, who knows? I mean, they may actually end up after four games at two and two as bad as they were on Sunday night, but yeah, week five, I think that's the one you wanted to talk about because man, oh man, it's going to get ugly on October 8th.
0: Oh, against the Miami dolphins in Miami.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And then they go to Buffalo the week after.
0: And then they have the commanders, which week seven, which could be a toss up.
1: We'll see. It all depends on, uh, Sam Howell and, and what happens there, but it might be a very long uh, 2023 season in the Meadowlands.
0: For the Giants, but
1: for the well, for at least for the Giants, yes.
0: Well, we'll wait and see about the other team, depending on what happens, because all right. Let's just let's just rip get... just rip the band-aid off. Go for it. Oh, I'm literally gonna rip the band-aid off the ankle. <laughs> Because the heavily hyped New York Jets-Buffalo Bills Monday night game to end the week, the debut of Aaron Rodgers in New York ends in four plays as Aaron Rodgers runs for his life on three, four plays because the offensive line is so bad. And
1: he gets his Achilles torn on the fourth play running for his life. He made $9 million per play.
0: Woody Johnson, everybody! He could have let Joe Douglas sign Derek Carr, but he's like, no, I want Aaron Rodgers, damn it.
1: He fills seats. Well, he did last night. I don't know if he's going to be filling him again ever again. But the final score uh, was the Jets won 22-16 in overtime. And Josh Allen, hey, as as much as I know you absolutely just despise Aaron Rodgers, I think the only person you may despise more in football is Josh Allen.
0: Oh, yeah. And Josh Allen magically went back to his rookie self and his playing at Wyoming. He was like, F it, I'm throwing it deep. And you know who we found so often in that game? Who was that? Jordan Whitehead, the safety on the Jets, who had a career high, three
1: interceptions. I just literally, I I think you saw my face. I just literally took a look at the box score to see who had the interceptions. Jordan Whitehead had three interceptions. He had a career in one night and on a big stage too. Wow. And they mentioned on the broadcast that he had two
0: interceptions season high in his career and he topped that in one game.
1: Thank you, Josh Allen, to say the least. Uh, the numbers for Josh Allen, 29 for 41, 236 yards, one touchdown, and those three interceptions. So needless to say, uh, not a good day at the office for Mr. Allen. And Zach Wilson was serviceable. We'll say that. He struggled in the
0: beginning, but as the game went on, he bound his groove
1: but he did look better than he had uh, the pr- past couple of seasons so maybe give him uh, a little uh, thumbs up for that uh 14 for 21 140 yards a touchdown and an interception in terms of stat fillers uh at the running back and uh, wide receiver positions your man greg Brees hall coming off the knee injury last year How about 10 carries for 127 yards, including an 83-yard run?
0: Yeah, that set up their first field goal of the game, which I got to say, I had questions on will he be the same player coming back, and I think he answered that with that 83-yard run. It's like he never left. It was like off to the races, and he just ran out of a bit of steam at the end. He could have had it all the way for 96 yards for the touchdown, but kind of ran out of gas around the 25 to 20, but that was one impressive run he had.
1: Hey, we've had a number of good running backs in the last five, six years rebound really well from ACL injuries. I'm thinking personally, Nick Chubb, when he was in college, he lost his 2016 season. And then in 2017, he came back, wasn't as good as he used to be, but still, the Browns thought he was good enough to use a second round pick on and not going to lie. And this may be a little bit of favoritism. Nick Chubb may be the best back in football, if not the best back top three.
0: But one of the most impressive plays Mike in the game was with about five minutes to go down by a touchdown at 13 to six. The play of the game, in my opinion. Well, maybe you could argue the second biggest play of the game, which is hard to believe given how the game ended, which we'll get to when we get to it in a bit. But Garrett Wilson makes this amazing play right here on second and goal.
1: Garrett Wilson wins!
0: That kid's amazing. There is no way he got that. Young receiver as I've ever seen. This ball was up the field. So he didn't throw it on the back shoulder. And for him to be able to get his right hand out there and then concentrate and reel it in is incredible.
1: What did I tell you earlier about Olave and Wilson? Two great wide receiver picks last year. And the Saints and the Jets are going to just capitalize on them for years to come. That was amazing.
0: And I got to say, if that's not the catch of the year, I mean, we got about 17 weeks to go. We got postseason, but that's got to be like maybe one of the top five plays of the year at the end of the year.
1: It's definitely a front runner. I mean, it's hard to say that after week one, but that was a very nice play. And we should also add uh, another stat filler, albeit in a losing effort. Stefan Diggs, 10 catches, 102 yards, one touchdown. So basically, Stefan Diggs was doing Stefan Diggs things.
0: So near the end of the game, Josh Allen makes a big fumble. Jets recover, they go and drive. I think Wilson converts a fourth and one with about two minutes to go, which was the right call. I mean, some people said go for the field goal, but I thought, you know what? Just go for it right there. And they converted it on the QB sneak. They get a field goal from Zerline with about a minute left. And then the Bills, they drive. They kick, I believe, what is it, a 50-yard field goal by Bass that doinked off the goal post and went in. So the Bills won the toss. They drived. They failed to convert anything on the first drive, so they had to punt it. And so, Mike, I did not watch the Manning cast, but I watched the highlights after the game. And do you know who was on with Peyton and Eli for the end of the game? Who was that? Ryan Fitzpatrick,
1: oh Fitz magic,
0: yeah, and obviously we all know Fitz has a history with both teams, with the Bills and the Jets. So they watched the end. He makes that throw all the time. They kind of sat on the
1: short sticks and everything. Short cut, short cut. Uh oh, uh oh. Oh, here's our hard knocks Uh-oh. guy. Uh oh, walk off. Oh my off. goodness. You gotta be kidding oh me. My
0: goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you
1: gotta be kidding me. Walk off punt return to win the game in overtime. This place is going crazy. I've never seen an <laughs> NFL stadium charge the field that this might be.
0: I gotta say, gotta love that Eli channeled his inner Susan St.
1: James there. The absolute lack of enthusiasm there. That's what gets me nobody was excited i mean it it sounds like they're in a tennis match yeah but that was a beautiful return it was and also it's good to see the bills lose i'm sorry i'm not a bills fan even though i did want josh allen in 2018 over baker mayfield i'm not a josh allen fan so good on the jets now, let's give
0: credit to the guy who scored the winning touchdown, Xavier Gibson. Now, I did not watch a moment of Hard Knocks, but from what I was told, he was like one of the big like stories on Hard Knocks this season.
1: Yeah, I didn't see Hard Knocks either. I'm sorry.
0: But he made the roster, and in his NFL debut, an undrafted player from Stephen F. Austin, he scores the winning touchdown. In his pro debut.
1: Oh, Stephen F. Austin. A football powerhouse. Hey, they are. Because you know who they produced. NFL legend Larry Centers.
0: Larry Centers.
1: Bill's legend. Cardinals legend Larry Centers. You heard me. And I'm probably the only person who knows that about Larry Centers.
0: That he went to Stephen F. Austin.
1: That he went to Stephen F. Austin. Hey, three-time Pro Bowler. Don't be sleeping on Larry Centers.
0: Oh, no, I'm not going to be sleeping on Larry Centers. But yeah, the Jets get the win, but looking to the schedule, they got the Cowboys in Dallas. They have New England at home, and then they have Kansas City on a Sunday night game in week four. Now, we'll talk about the quarterback situation in a moment, but if you can just get one win out of those three games and go two and two. Yeah, you lost Rogers for the year, but you know what? Given your situation, you take it.
1: Again, given the situation, absolutely. Now, if Rodgers was still there, you don't want two and two. But I think with uh, Zach Wilson at the helm, is mighty acceptable.
0: Now, there has been talk about who the Jets will acquire in place of Aaron Rodgers, because obviously Zach Wilson's probably not going to be a long-term answer this season. So I'm going to play a game. Okay. You can write down who your top five most likely candidates are that the Jets can acquire at QB, and I'll write my top five potential acquisitions
1: now are we talking about in the draft next year or are we talking about people who are currently playing or
0: currently playing either in free agency or a trade okay all right so i'm gonna write them down right here okay so me and mike have come up with our list of the five likely people that the jets could have to replace aaron Rodgers. So let's start with your list, Mike. Who do you have as number five?
1: My number five, and really, it's not going to happen in the short term for obvious reasons that we've talked about earlier in this show. But I put number five, I put Josh Dobbs. Just because once Kyler Murray comes back, you're not sitting a $50 million a year player. That's like my long shot. There are some names that I kept off the list but might actually be better candidates at number five. All right. Do you, so, me, do you want me to share them now, or do you want me to wait until well, uh, at yeah, the
0: end? Well, we'll wait until the end. Okay, but I'll share with you my number five. Now, I went with this list based on who likely knows somebody at the Jets, or they have, like, a past history with and somebody in the organization. So Okay. So number five, I went with Nick Foles.
1: And he's not on a roster now, I don't think.
0: No. And one reason why I picked him is the Jets general manager, Joe Douglas. Where was he before he went to the Jets as the GM? He was with the Eagles.
1: Yeah. And we know what Foles did with the Eagles, what, six years ago at this point.
0: Yeah, after Carson Wentz went down. And we all know if Nick Foles was with the Jets we all know what he'd win in the locker room. (laughs) Well, we're not going to say it, but let's just say Charles knows.
1: So how about we go to number four? My number four, and this is not going to happen, but I think maybe it could happen given that this person was put on waivers at the end of training camp, and then brought back aboard, And maybe if his quarterback continues to improve, he might be expendable. And I'm actually talking about, on the Patriots, Bailey Zappi. Remember, last year, Zappi played for Mac Jones in, I want to say two, maybe three games. And I think in his debut, he put up over 300 yards. He did not look bad at all. Would the Jets trade with the Patriots? I don't think so. Weirder things have happened, though.
0: Well, the Jets did make a trade a couple of years ago with New England for Demarius Thomas. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, but that was like at the end of his career. Yeah. Rest in peace.
0: Well, for number four, I went with an ex-New England player. But this guy has been a solid backup throughout the league. And that's Jacoby Brissett.
1: He was one of the names that I kept off the list. I thought he might stay in Washington if Sam Howell has issues or gets injured, but Jacoby Brissett definitely is a capable backup quarterback who could take over uh, a starting role. We saw that with the Browns last year. All right, my number three, and I think this is a case of talent being wasted on the bench especially if the person ahead of him at quarterback stays healthy I put Jameis Winston at three yes his interception ratio is horrible but the thing you got to remember is not that long ago within the last four years I believe he had a 5,000 yard season and now he's just backing up Derek Carr in New Orleans I could see him possibly moving on.
0: Now, number three, and I don't know how likely this is because this team just traded a quarterback and given we mentioned Brock Purdy's injury situation at the end of last season, but for number three, and Mike, you're going to might tell me I'm crazy, but I'm thinking maybe Sam Darnold makes a return to the Jets.
1: He was one of those that I eliminated at the last minute. I was thinking about putting him on there, but I just couldn't pull the trigger. So I'm not surprised and I'm not laughing at you because of that. I think that's uh, a legit possibility as long as they didn't burn too many bridges in New York.
0: Well, I don't think so. I think that he had like a good positive relationship with Joe Douglas But the reason what I'm thinking here is okay, think about this. I went by past relationships. Now, Robert Sala was the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. And who was he the defensive coordinator under? Kyle Shanahan. Mm -hmm. So you got to think they might have some history. Maybe, like, maybe the Jets and the Niners will get on the phone. Maybe they'll offer maybe like a fifth round pick for Darnold. I don't know
1: anything's possible, but yeah, he was on my uh, list of people that I cut off below number five.
0: So uh, you're number two,
1: my number two. And again, I'm not really looking at relationships I'm looking at in terms of where you might have a quarterback who could flourish that doesn't necessarily hurt the team he'd be traded from. Number two, I went Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy Bridgewater, not a bad backup. He did start for a while and we know he had that catastrophic injury, maybe about six years ago that almost ended his life, but he was doing pretty well in a backup role with Detroit and Detroit. As long as Jared Goff stays healthy, he's looked pretty darn good the last couple of years. Plus, Last week, I mean, they beat the Chiefs, but also they're short, who may be their number two, maybe number one, but I'll say number two wide receiver, Jamison Williams, because again, like we talked about Calvin Ridley earlier, suspended six games for gambling. So I think if Golf stays healthy and Williams returns to the lineup in a month, month and a half, I think you have Teddy Bridgewater as expendable.
0: Okay, so my number two, I went with Carson Wentz. Why? Like I said, Joe Douglas.
1: There's just so many better options than than Carson Wentz. I, I would not touch him with a forklift. Just my opinion.
0: Well, this is my reasoning. Like, if... Like, he can just be decent. If he can just be decent, they have a chance in some games.
1: But how many decent games has he had in the last, like, five years? I mean, when you look back with the Colts, and you look back last year with the Commanders... Those are some ugly times. I just don't have any confidence in Carson Wentz ever since he won the Super Bowl. Or not, he won the Super Bowl. He started the season as the quarterback of the Eagles. But basically since that injury, he has not been that good.
0: All right, so let's go to your number one. Who do you think is your number one pick to be the Jets quarterback? in place of Aaron Rodgers.
1: Given what happened last week to this team, and it pains me to say this because we talked about the backup quarterbacks at uh, this team and how the current backup quarterback is absolutely horrible, and maybe their third stringer could surpass him and be halfway decent. You never know at this point. I put Ryan Tannehill as my number one just because, again, he's been a good quarterback once you change locations. Remember, Tannehill, his first six seasons, seven seasons were in Miami, and he looked like junk. Then he signed with Tennessee, and at least for that first year or two, looked amazing, looked like a new quarterback looked like the Tannehill that was uh, coming out of college in 2012. Maybe all he needs is a change of scenery and maybe some decent wide receivers. Now, don't get me wrong. Julio Jones was down there last year in Tennessee. DeAndre Hopkins is down there right now, but maybe he needs like a Garrett Wilson and and a young crew, uh, somebody who could, uh, be uh, a franchise changer uh in the future so i think tannahill he's my number one pick Uh, will it happen probably not but stranger things have happened
0: well my number one is your number three i went with Jameis winston and you know why i went with Jameis winston
1: he's gonna go to a supermarket in long island and steal lobster Probably. But what's the real reason?
0: Look, he had that 5,000-yard season a couple years ago. He's just been sitting in New Orleans. I think maybe, like, a change of scenery for him. Like, get him with this Jets offense. I don't know. You have him, like, throw deep to Garrett Wilson or Lazard. Maybe you generate some excitement.
1: I find it very interesting. We have the same reason for different players. Change of scenery. And
0: I don't know. I think Winston would be like... I don't know. I think his style of game would be really liked here in New York.
1: Oh, especially for a player like uh, Garrett Wilson. Absolutely. I mean, Tannehill may be toast. I mean, this is his 12th season, and yeah, he didn't have... uh, a good first like seven seasons with Miami and the last season or two hasn't been all that great. He did have, like I said, one or two good seasons in between when he first went to Tennessee, but maybe a change of scenery you can do something. I, I mean, we've seen just as weird stuff happen with, and I'm going to say this name and I know you're going to hate it. Gino Smith, who had been a backup many, many places. Then last year, Came on the scene with Seattle, even though you and I agree that it was a flash in the pan. So, what will Joe Douglas do? I think uh, it's wait and see time. Maybe see what happens with uh, Zach Wilson in the next two, three games, and if he ends up being three and one or four and zero, oh, you keep him as starter. But if the Jets end up two and two uh, or even one and three, especially one and three. Maybe throw a low pick, a fifth rounder, sixth rounder to the Saints saying, hey, we'll take on Jameis Winston and whatever contract you have and and, and give him another shot. Time will tell.
0: Look, I realistically, everyone was like, oh, oh Jets fans, they have to be so disappointed and everything. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I am thrilled i not have to see Aaron Rodgers anymore this season. And you know why? Because the Jets get to keep their first round pick. Oh, that's nice. Because he will not play the required 70% of snaps required for them to give up the first round pick to the Packers, So they have to just give up a second rounder. I'm like, oh, that's great.
1: That is a very valid point. And if we take a look at uh, what the Jets have done in the first round, especially last year, my gosh, did they hit two home runs and maybe a third? We'll have to see, but you can't complain about Sauce Gardner. You can't complain about Garrett Wilson.
0: And Jermaine Johnson has played very excellent thus far this season.
1: But he hasn't played as well as Garrett Wilson and and Sauce
0: Oh, no, but if he can just be like a contributor on the defense. Oh, you'll take it. You'll take it.
1: It's a God given credit. They draft. Well,
0: yeah, the last two years, I think they've done some pretty good drafts. I mean, 2020, I'm just going to chalk it up because of COVID. Cause, uh, that draft was terrible, especially well, aside from the fact that if Aaron Rodgers had just thrown the damn ball to Garrett Wilson, who was open, he never would have been in that situation, but Makai Beckton, he is a human turnstile. Mm. And I thought Wayne Hunter was bad. Jesus Christ. All right, so that is going to do it for our luck at week one of the NFL season. So what have we got coming up on Thursday, Mike?
1: Well, you alluded to it earlier. We have the Eagles hosting the Vikings.
0: Yes. Yes. Me take a look at the week two schedule here. Bears at Buccaneers. Packers at Falcons. We'll have a battle of two of the top five picks of the first round in Richardson and CJ Stroud and Colts Texans. Seahawks at Lions. Chargers at Titans. Ravens at Bengals. Raiders at Bills. Kansas City at Jacksonville. And those are the one o'clock games. Four o'clock. San Francisco at the Rams, Giants at Cardinals, Jets at Cowboys, and Washington at Denver. Sunday night, you have Miami at New England. And then Monday night, you have a doubleheader. So I'm guessing one game's going to be on ABC and the other is on ESPN.
1: Yeah, uh, one is on ABC and ESPN Plus. The other is on ESPN and uh, ESPN2.
0: Okay, so the ESPN game at 7.15 is Saints at Panthers and then the 8:15 game on ABC is Browns at Steelers. So is ABC doing like a game every week this year?
1: I honestly don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if the answer is yes because of the writers strike.
0: Yeah. Well, hey Mike, you know what just got announced for ABC in October?
1: Oh yes. Yes.
0: Pressure, luck, season five, baby. So I know the Whammy's very excited, I heard.
1: Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, you're underneath a magazine. He's on the side here. He was being suffocated by uh, some mail in a a magazine. You're right. I'm glad to be back. Season five, baby.
0: (laughs) So Whammy, how much money did you lose on the Bills game last night?
1: My financial records are confidential. You have to go through my lawyer.
0: Stop staring at me, Whammy. Oh you no! For that end. <laughs> oh God, Whammy! I had to see your ass in that buzzer promo. Why'd you have to put your butt on
1: the copy machine? Oh, that was great. I'm sorry. When I saw that, th- that broke me. Th- that was brilliant. Oh, and speaking <laughs> of, since uh, the uh, 40th anniversary of Press Your Luck is going to happen in the next week, happy 40th to the whammy. Happy 40th to a uh, to, to legendary TV show.
0: Yeah, 40 episodes. So that's going to be coming up uh this weekend on buzzer i'm excited but i wonder what episodes are going to air on that
1: i know they're going to air the first two let me see if i can find it really fast okay because i thought i saw a listing for uh, uh episode numbers for um for the uh the run the marathon or whatever you want okay so here's the episode numbers and the days they're going to air so on the 16th which is saturday Episodes 1, 2, 26, 27, 70, 71, 99, 100, 169, 170, 177, 178, 179, 180, 194, 215, 602, 615, 616, and then 203. That's interesting. They go forward to the last year and then go back to 1984, it looks like, uh, at the end. And then on Sunday... 218, 219, 233, 234, 235, 283, 350, 351, 425, 429, 449, 499, 515, 516, then back to 139 and 140, then ahead to 643, back to 582, ahead to 651, and then 138. Now, unfortunately, I don't know if there's any landmark uh, episodes uh, with those episode numbers.
0: Oh oh uh, hold on hold on. Six forty-three is from St. Patrick's Day eighty-six.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, the big one to me is number one. Just because seeing the show in its infancy, seeing the one whammy animation, seeing how cheap the board was, and even like the rudimentary sound effects, I, I like seeing those early episodes, and then you see it evolve as time goes on. So we're going to see uh, quite the evolution from uh, September of 83 to, as you said, March of 86.
0: I hope Peter's wearing a leprechaun hat in that episode.
1: He's got to be. Seriously, he he did the Santa hat for Christmas. He did, uh, likewise, uh, a pilgrim hat for Thanksgiving. He's got to do some sort of St. Patrick's gig.
0: All right, so... That does it. We covered week one in the NFL, and we have uh, that blank game show on uh, Thursday. coming That
1: blank quiz show, actually. Oh,
0: the blank quiz show.
1: Because stupid me, I actually called it that blank game show throughout the entire episode, and sometime in the next 24 hours, I need to edit that entire episode and remove all the Times I called it That Blank Game Show, and I need to call it That Blank Quiz Show. That'll be fun. Hey, that's the first time in 410 episodes we misnamed a TV show.
0: Oh, God. I'm very excited about next week's shows.
1: Oh, next week's, especially the first one. That's going to be epic. I don't know about the second one, but uh, the first one is definitely going to be a keeper, revisiting Mr. Smith.
0: Hold on a second, Mike. I have an idea. This is going to sound crazy. But what if the Jets signed Bobo to be the quarterback?
1: Could be worse than Zach Wilson.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I guarantee you, unlike Aaron Rodgers, Bobo's been vaccinated.
1: Oh my gosh. Low blow there, but well played.
0: So Bobo's that,
1: I'm sorry, Bobo's been vaccinated. Oh my gosh.
0: Well, if he didn't take that ivermectin,
1: he wouldn't have gotten injured. Prove Greg wrong.
0: That's what happens when you get your medical advice from Joe Rogan. But that's still to come later this week, right here at It Was a Thing on TV. And we'll see you with all that fun stuff coming up real soon. Wow. What? football cards? Better eat your Wheaties. Official NFL Pro set football cards? You better eat your Wheaties. Now, especially marked Boxes, get four free cards and maybe a trip to the Super Bowl. You better eat our <laughs> Wheaties. That's right.